community really shows up for you in a lot of different ways. I've found once you decide to be a part of it. Hi, this is Kutsianaki, the creator and host of Down to the Struts, the podcast about disability, design, and intersectionality. I love a good podcast episode about podcasting, and today I'm delighted to share my conversation with Bri Joy Moore. Bri Joy is a podcaster, poet, and political agitator with a fierce desire to see disabled people of color survive and thrive. Brian and I talked about the birth of Bri's incredible podcast, Power Not Pity, Bri's growth as a poet, and Bri's disabled superpower. Be sure to listen all the way through this episode for a very special surprise from Bri. For our younger listeners, please note that this episode does include some explicit language. Okay, let's get down to it. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I am so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I was wondering if we could start off by having you share just a little bit about yourself and your disability journey and how that relates to your many multitudes. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Hey, everybody. I'm Bri, Bri Joy Moore. I use easier pronouns and I am a podcaster. I am a poet and sometimes I call myself a political agitator. I have a show called Power Not Pity. I've been doing it since 2017. It's just been an amazing journey since the beginning, really. Community really shows up for you in a lot of different ways. I've found once you decide to be a part of it, be active. So I guess I'll start with how it all began. So... In 2014, I was just turning 25. Four days after my 25th birthday, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. In the process of being in bed rest, healing up, learning how to walk again, learning how to see again, because I had optic neuritis when I was first diagnosed learning how to do just very basic things again, I started listening to podcasts because originally I've always had a love, a very strong love of music and radio. And so during college, I had like five radio shows. I was the one in the booth at midnight playing metal. No one was listening, but (laughs) I would do it anyway because I loved it. And so the jump to podcasts was really simple and easy for me and as i started to listen to more shows i started realizing you know like there's there's a lot missing here and my voice is one that needs to be heard because no one's out here talking about the issues that black disabled trans and non-binary queer people face 
And when you exist on the margins in so many different areas and identities, you can really bring unique stories to the forefront. Because I didn't see it, I decided to create it. And that's how Power Not Pity came to be in 2017. I love that. And a lot of that relates to my own podcast journey. So I really appreciate your sharing that. How do you think stories can help to dismantle ableism? Mm, That's such a good question. How do I think stories can dismantle ableism? Well, I mean, from the very beginning, I think that stories can be so intimate and so far-reaching that it's 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 like a really unique place for people to come and meet each other, you know? And I think that a person can say any given thing, but if you connect a story to it, it really makes it more memorable and it makes it more it brings whatever it is you're saying alive. And I know that for me, stories have always had such a strong place in my life. Like I said before, I'm not only a podcaster, I'm also a poet. And, you know, I've been writing since I could write. I've been reading, you know, since I was five. And I've always loved stories. So it just seemed natural to me to just not only absorb those stories, learn from them, but also create them. And your podcast really plays with narrative structure in some really interesting ways as you share other stories of disabled life, BIPOC disabled life. Can you share a little bit about how you've thought about constructing your episodes? And you've used multiple different kinds of formats, shorter formats, longer formats, pseudo-fictional formats, personal narrative. Could you share a little bit about how you think through, you know, the way you construct an episode? Yeah, absolutely. Are we going to get super nerdy here? Oh, yeah. Ner- nerd away. <laughs> nerd away. <laughs> so, I mean, when I'm thinking about the construction of, of any narrative, any story, I start with what is the beginning, middle and end? Really, what is what are these three parts that I'm trying to convey to another person about this conversation that could have so many different points to it? I isolate the the most emotional parts, of course. I isolate those and I construct the narrative by not only highlighting those points, but making sure that there's enough context and information involved to give people the best picture possible. And so I remember in the beginning when I first started the show, it was just very straightforward, like, this is the interview. This is information about the person. One thing that I like to do at the end of my show, every episode I ask any given guest, like, what's your disabled power? And that is just the question that I close the show out with. Because I think it brings humanity to disability. And I think as time went on over the years, I started realizing, you know, like I can actually break that up. I can change that up. I can create something different than just 
a straight interview format. So over the years, I changed things up and I included more of my voice even. And it's been so fun to dream about what a story could look like, especially like when I get into sound design and story ideation. I'm thinking about one episode I did called The Ancestors Woke Me Up featuring Leroy Moore. I think that that might have been the least straightforward episode <laughs> that I've ever created, I think, because I created a series of skits for this interview. And I couched the interview in those skits because I really wanted to illustrate Leroy's book itself and not just his different stories in his interview. So all that to say, like, just thinking and dreaming up different narratives, it, it just feels so much more creative now to me, feels so much more embodied to me. Can you share a little bit more about Leroy's book and, and how you came up with these skits and what they were about? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So that book, I think, it's called Black Disabled Ancestors. So in it, he's got a series of stories that feature different Black disabled ancestors of, of, of his. I decided that I wanted to not only put my voice in there because I, I felt a connection. I felt a deep connection to the stories. I wanted to bring them to life and take them off the page and put them into literally into your ears. And so I just thought, well, they're already written. They kind of read like plays. Why not just act them out? And so I made my acting debut <laughs> <laughs> on episode, I don't know, seven or whatever it is. And I also um, sang in the episode for the first time on the show. And so that was a lot of fun, too. That's amazing. And I wanted to ask you about another episode, and I highly recommend my listeners, I spoiled a little, but go back and listen to all these episodes. But there's one that you did that was just you on the beach as you, you know, ruminated about how your body has changed and what that has meant for you, your identities. And I wondered if you could talk a little bit about what that experience was like for you and how it related to your own journey of disability identity. Yeah, that episode, that mini-sode, that was really vulnerable for me because up until that point, I don't think I had shared as much about my personal story because I was always so focused about amplifying my guests stories more than mine and you know i remember i used to have this attitude like well you know this this show is about amplifying disabled people of color and there's lived experiences right like it's the show is not about me but you know let's be real like the host is the main character this is the reason why people come to the show right so I decided to make something a little bit more personal, give people a little bit more insight into my life 
And I decided to do it on the beach because that's just a place where I found myself just being more often. I wanted it to feel like you were just sitting next to me on the beach, watching the waves, hearing the birds. I really resonated with so much that you said, and I have the same struggle, honestly, with my own show and my role as the host and what that means and where my voice should begin and end. And I I, I 100% agree with the way you were thinking about it originally. It's the same way that I've thought about it in the sense of we're here to amplify others' voices and as the host, we're sort of like this invisible hand that's sort of curating someone else's story and we have responsibility in doing that, but our own experience doesn't matter. But I'm curious to hear your thoughts about this in the course of interviewing people, just like what happened right now with you. I found so much common cause with people and their stories reflected in my own. And that's sort of where I would bring my own narrative into the mix in connecting with other people's experiences. And I'm curious, I, I felt that experience to be so healing in terms of my own disability identity, my own experiences of discrimination and powerlessness and the podcast for me has been a way in some sense for me to cultivate and in some ways regain my own power, my own sense of embodiment. And I'm curious if you felt have felt that in the course of making your show. Oh, absolutely. I have. I don't think I would have the friends I have if I hadn't done this show. I think that if I hadn't done this show, I would probably be a lot lonelier my friends joke and they say that after every episode, I gain a new friend. <laughs> but it's true. After every episode, we have this really amazing, beautiful conversation. And next thing I know, I'm calling up the last guest that I had. And okay, so I'll give you an example. I have a new season that's in production right now. And what I want to do is to only focus on the stories of Black trans disabled people for this season. And one of the people who I interviewed ended up on my support team for my top surgery that happened back in March. And I didn't even really know this person, but this person was felt such a strong sense of connection and camaraderie with me that he immediately volunteered to be on my support team. And I just am so grateful to all the people who have shown up for me, who have told me how much the show means to them, how influential it's been. Like, I am just blown away, honestly. <laughs> like, I don't expect much, you know? But it's it's been phenomenal. I agree. I've had the same exact experience. There's many people who I've interviewed, who have become dear, 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 dear friends, who I feel a great connection with and who've shown up for me in all sorts of different ways. And I've shown up for them. It's something I really didn't expect from this experience at all. I, I was not looking, but in some ways, the podcast was a vehicle for building my own like personal community, which was really amazing. And I had to 
contain my my uh, squeal of glee when I heard that you are in production for your next season. I can't wait. So excited to hear that and definitely will promote it, of course. So in addition to, you know, producing your next season, what else have you been up to, Bri? I've <laughs> uh, been writing a lot. I've been like writing solidly like multiple times a week i just started a queer asl class and i feel like i don't know what i'm getting myself into but i'm excited <laughs> like i am gearing up to write more perform more of my poetry and i actually just recently got into this fellowship for disabled poets called Zoe Glossia. And it's been amazing. Like I mentioned just earlier, I also had top surgery in March. So about three months ago. So I'm still healing. And I have to remind myself like, hey, you know, like, it's okay, you can take it easy because you're still healing, boo. <laughs> like, chill out. <laughs> I'm like, producing this podcast, learning more about podcasting always, you know, trying to connect with people, go to conferences, and also starting this whole journey of a poetry career. I hope to one day have a book out in a couple of years. I don't know the timeline on that, but it's going to happen. One day, you'll see my book in a library, you'll be able to hold it. And that will be like, such a major life's life goal accomplished. That's yeah. very exciting. And I'm so happy that you've been able to return to poetry, which is kind of sounds like where you started. Yeah. And to that end, I wondered, Bri, if you could grace us by sharing one of your poems. Absolutely. I would love to. Okay, so just a little content notice. <laughs> this poem has many curse words, and it is filled with disabled joy. <laughs> it's called When I Will Around. And the word will is something that I repeat. It's the name of my wheelchair. It's a will. So yeah, this is When I Will Around. Nobody can tell me shit when I'm rolling through these streets. Move out my way, cause I'm running on a four. Only wishing there was a speed higher than hair. A speed to leave all the turtles in these streets feeling a whole lot of fear. When I will around, my spoony friends wanna know if they can slide in so we can all roll deep. There might be three of us, but that's enough to take up these motherfucking streets. Cause we the obstacle gang. We run this shit. When we rolling through, nobody can push past us or try to go around us. Cause they'll get clipped. Maybe run over a short trip face first to the ground. Yo, when I will around, it's like I can't feel your ableist gaze. Sizing me up like I ain't nothing, point blank, a zero. But let me tell you something, abled father fucker. 
you ain't got zero on me. Because when I will around, nobody. That's right. Nobody. Nobody can match the freedom I've found. Where do you see disabled media making going from here? Yeah, I love this question, right? Because it gives me a chance to dream. I think that's a particular point of it, right? Is the idea that we are actively creating the future that we want to see. I think that's what so many of us are doing as disabled people, as disabled media makers, content creators, the list goes on, right? Like we are actively doing the work. And I think so many more people are now becoming disabled, are more familiar with disability justice. And it feels almost streamlined in a way. Because I think I think now that more people know about the movement, now that more people are included in the movement, more people are able to see themselves in the movement, more content will be coming. And it will just be that much more powerful because so many more of us are included, right? And I think I could definitely see like more conferences. I could see more meetups, more workshops, more panels. I just want to see more writing, more everything. I just want everything to be about disability justice. Can we have that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the dream. That's yeah. the dream. Bri, where can my listeners find you and your beautiful work? Oh, you can find me everywhere at Power Not Pity. Power Not Pity everywhere. One last question for you, Bri, taking a page out of your book. Yeah. What is your disabled power? Uh, my favorite question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that changes. It changes. But I'd say right now, my disabled power is my ability to connect with other humans and aliens alike. <laughs> <laughs> awesome <laughs> well thank you so much Bri this was so much fun and yeah. thank you for sharing your poetry with me and I'm so excited for your new season of Power Not Pity and just thank you thank you thank you thank you for all your work we're both doing amazing things in the world and the world needs more of us so I'm, I'm just so happy that you do what you do and you do it so well. Down to the Struts was produced by Alana Nevins and me. Our social media manager is Avery Annapol, with special thanks to Claire Shanley for designing our logo and to Eiffel Gangsta Beats for our theme music. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Down to the Struts. You can also get the latest updates by joining our Facebook group, Down to the Struts Podcast, and by subscribing to our newsletter, Getting Down to It, on Sunday. 
Substack. We also love hearing from you directly. You can always drop us a line at downtothestruts at gmail.com. All of these ways of connecting with us are linked through our website, downtothestruts.com. And of course, stay tuned for our next episode so that we can get back down to it.